the short story The Stoat by John McGahern. If you haven't read the story yet, can I please ask that you go and read it now? And if you have, make sure you've got your pens and your highlighters at the ready and then we can get started. John McGahern is an Irish writer of novels, plays and short stories. His mother died of cancer when the author was 10 years old and he had a distant relationship with his father as his father wasn't particularly nice to him and his brothers and sisters. McGahern was the oldest of seven children and he won scholarships to school and college and became a teacher and a writer. His father was a police officer and his mother used to be a school teacher. The story we're about to analyse is semi-autobiographical. Lots of things within the story are true. However, the uncle, the character of the uncle, is imagined. We'll come back to this later, but why do you think that the author included a fictional but potentially aspirational male figure in the story? So the story takes place in a coastal town in Ireland where the father and son are on holiday. They've been joined by Miss McCabe who's engaged to be married to the father. While the son is out golfing, he happens upon a dying rabbit who's been killed by a stoat. The son takes mercy on the rabbit, kills it and takes it back to the cottage to have for dinner. The son then reminisces as to how they reached the point of his father remarrying and the differences he can obviously see between them both. The story ends when Miss McCabe has a small heart attack and the father decides he doesn't want to marry her anymore on the account of her poor health. He runs away as soon as he can load the car. The son then decides that he's going to leave too. Like the rabbit, the father and son and the human population in general are constantly running. However, death, the stoat, will catch up with us all eventually. The themes that we're going to be exploring throughout the story are themes of selfishness, responsibility, honesty, fear and rejection, aspiration and the inevitability of life and death. The story is told from the perspective of a third person narrator and the narrator remains nameless as do the father, the son and the uncle. The only person that's given a name in the entire story is Miss McCabe. This story is an allegory. It has a moral meaning that McGarhan leaves up to the reader to interpret. Now, we're first introduced to the son when he's out on the golf course, a game that can be played on your own. It can be quite isolating. It's also seen as a gentleman's sport, played by people with money. It's quite an aspirational game. You often hear of business deals being made out on the golf course. Now, while he's playing his round, the son hears a rabbit in distress. It's had its throat cut by a stoat. Now, we're all well aware that animals kill to eat, but here the stoat has killed the rabbit to drink its blood and to leave the carcass for other wild animals to eat. Stoats are relentless in pursuit of prey and they're ruthless in the act of killing. They kill far more than they need to and are seen as wasteful predators. So this stoat has chased the rabbit for many hours, even though other rabbits may have crossed its path. Further down the page, we find out that the stoat has picked this rabbit out on purpose. It selected this one to die. So how could you relate this to real life? Additionally, why do you think the rabbit sits down and accepts his fate? You'll need to make links to this and to other parts of the story as you read through. 
Now the son, although playing golf, kills the rabbit with ease. He killed it with one stroke. This shows a degree of proficiency and practice. He's obviously done this before. Killing a wild animal contrasts with his current pastime. So what could this imply about his background and upbringing, do you think? McGahern introduces us to the father for the first time. He's going through his usual motions of reading the national newspaper. First he reads the news, then the death notices, then the advertisements for teachers' jobs. Now it's interesting here that he continually looks for new prospects, when the son knows that he will never leave the small school he's currently the principal of. The father is very comfortable in his position and is obviously averse to change. It could be inferred from this that he lacks ambition, something that the son obviously has. This becomes more apparent when the father comments that the rabbit will be a specimen for yourself and your uncle to mull over. The comment, or perhaps a subtle dig at the fact that the son's relationship with his uncle is stronger than that of the one with his father. It also implies that the father is aware of the shortcomings in their relationship, and this links clearly with the theme of rejection. The son then suggests that he cooks the rabbit for dinner and that Miss McCabe should join them. Now, Miss McCabe, as mentioned earlier, is engaged to the father in the story, and her title there is Miss, which indicates that, unlike the father, she's never been married, so this will be her first marriage. The father is concerned here that his fiancée will not be impressed by the offering of a rabbit for dinner. It's a poor man's chicken, and he's worried here about his appearance, so Miss McCabe here obviously matters to him. Her opinion, however, matters not a jot to the son. If she doesn't like it, he says it needn't change a thing. They can still have dinner out. The theme of fear and the fear of rejection is clearly illustrated by the father in this exchange and is contrasted by the ambivalence of his son. The quotation, he had no anxieties regarding Miss McCabe, further compounds this. McGahern makes it clear that Miss McCabe wants to be married. It is her aspiration. Something that the son and his bachelor uncle may look down on or perhaps not understand. The upcoming wedding is the dream of her future. The father's first marriage ended when his wife, the son's mother, died. And when the father decided to look to remarry, he interestingly asked his son's permission. So the difference between how the father and the son view each other and the relation, their relationship here is clear. The father has stayed faithful to his late wife's memory for the son's benefit. He hasn't looked to remarry and is crushed when his son tells him that it's ridiculous and you should do what you want to do. The rejection of the father here by the son is apparent. The son feels he's outgrown the relationship and is moving on, something that the father struggles with. Now, all parents know that their children will someday grow up and leave the nest, as it were. Uh, the father admits that he knows that his son will soon be a fully qualified doctor, a very prestigious title, something revered in society, uh, maybe potentially more than a teacher in a small local school, perhaps. I will, I will let you be the judge of that. So the father then sets about looking for his new wife by placing an advert in the national paper, the one that he normally reads. And the advert reads, teacher, 52, widower, seeks companionship, view, marriage. It's very succinct, isn't it? There's no declarations of love. 
it's 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 very very straightforward matter of fact to the point but both the father and the son are absolutely overwhelmed with the response to the advert now this could perhaps illustrate that although the father's life and situation may not be aspirational to the son they're viewed very favorably by a wide range of women who would see him as a safe and steady potential husband i mean 52 isn't old teaching is a steady profession and the fact that he's looking for companionship initially doesn't put too much pressure on the relationship that he's looking for. So the father travels around Ireland meeting the applicants, and I mean travels around the country. Uh, I feel that applicants potentially is a good way of describing the women who've written to him, as it could be implied that he's interviewing for the position. In fact, the son says that these are interviews. The relationship that he wants is one of convenience and not romance. McGahan presents the father here, though, as incredibly picky. He has these high standards, and the women that he meets, he describes either as wrecks or battle axes. I mean, is he striving for the unattainable? Is there any woman out there that he meets that's going to fulfil his needs? I mean, his, his aspirations are high. I suppose the question is, is that necessarily a bad thing? Should we not all be striving for the best? But does he need to potentially be a wee bit more realistic about how he views himself? He obviously sees himself as his prize catch with, you know, nothing, nothing wrong there. It's, it's, it's an, an interesting argument to explore. So while the father is away interviewing the prospective candidates for the position of wife, the son spends Easter with his uncle, a surgeon in a county town. Um, his position with regard to work is obviously more impressive than that of the school teacher. Uh, but the son and uncle ridicule the father, discussing and gossiping about his foray into the dating world. Neither can quite believe it when the announcement of a wedding is made. Miss McCabe, a school teacher herself in her 40s, will meet the son the following week. Now, McGahern describes the uncle as having long greying hair, quite the bohemian. He sees himself as a big wig in a small town, but I suppose my question would be, would, how would he be viewed if he were to move somewhere more cosmopolitan, such as a city? Would he still have the same reputation there as he does in his small county town? He almost sees himself, I, I think, perhaps, you may argue against this, and that's fine, as some sort of local celebrity. And the son, his nephew, is obviously impressed and he enjoys being in the glow of his uncle. The son's feelings as well towards his dull father are really made clear when he states the truth that my father bores me. And the rather spiritual conversation with his uncle about life being passed on, I feel is somewhat ironic, as the father is the only person in the story to have achieved this. The son and the uncle both remain unmarried and childless, as does Miss McCabe at this point. McGahern suggests that if the uncle is right and inheriting and passing life on is the sole purpose of life, then there's actually only one person who's achieved this aspiration. Now, when you're younger, you want to impress your parents. You might show them a drawing when you're little. Maybe uh, more recently, you've shown them a mock exam paper that you've got a good grade in. When you are in the position of being that child, you constantly crave acceptance and approval. However, as time changes and situations change, so does the balance in relationships. And the balance in this relationship between father and son has obviously changed. 
This is illustrated when McGurn presents the father and Miss McCabe as the ones who are nervous and craving acceptance from the son when they first meet. I suppose my question here is, how do you feel the son feels about this switch in power? McGahern then moves us back to the present, back to the coastal village where they're holidaying. We learn that Miss McCabe's staying at the local hotel, obviously not in the cottage with the father and the son, and she's enjoying salt baths for her rheumatism. So rheumatism is joint pain, and although Miss McCabe is only in her 40s, this implies that she's not in perfect health herself, and that's quite important considering what happens later. But then saying this, neither is the father, as at 52, he still walks with a stick. McGahern, through the son, continues to allude to his father that he's outgrown their relationship by intimating that he's not bothered as to whether him and Miss McCabe join him for the rabbit dinner or not. He almost uses the, the rabbit here as a science or medical experiment as he clinically teases out the dried blood where the vein had been cut. Considering the uncle is a surgeon, is there an element here of him wanting to impress his uncle with his skills through practice? Um something here. Have you heard of the phrase, go for the jugular? It means to attack someone in a really aggressive way, the most aggressive way possible, or where the victim is most vulnerable. So just as the stoke literally went for the rabbit's jugular, the vein that runs up the throat and killed it in an aggressive way, the son does the same to his father by rejecting his and Miss McCabe's offer of financial support for his postgraduate work. Instead, he's willing to take a loan from his uncle. Now, the adverb cuttingly used by McGarren to explain how the son imparted this knowledge to his father implies that it wasn't delivered in a sensitive and loving way. Rather, the son wanted to cause pain and suffering to his father through this revelation. Both father and son are hurt by the respective rejection and offer, but the tone quickly changes when it's revealed that Miss McCabe has had a heart attack that afternoon at the salt baths. McGahan clearly illustrates the fear that the father has about the inevitability of death. He says, who wants to marry a woman who can pop off at any minute? Well, let's pause here and reflect on this statement. In reality, anyone could die at any point. That's a fact of life. Obviously, the older you get, the more likely it is that you could die. But isn't this a chance you take? I mean, otherwise, why would people live and get married and have a family if they were consumed with fear about death? I mean, surely Miss McCabe could feel the same about the father. He could die at any point, but she's willing to take the chance here. But Miss McCabe here has become a liability to the father. He's buried his first wife and obviously doesn't want to be in the position where he buries another. Now, this could be interpreted as quite a selfish attitude, but although engaged, he has no responsibility towards Miss McCabe at this point. She is an adult in her own right and can also make her own decisions. Now, we could start to criticise the father's actions, though, when he decides to run away and leave Miss McCabe with no explanation whatsoever. He has visited her in the hotel, but he couldn't bring himself to tell her he was calling off the engagement. I believe the more modern term for this is ghosting. Now, he does say that he'll write to her, but do we believe him? McGarhan reintroduces the image of the stoat representing death here 
as he says that the father glimpsed the stoat in Miss McCabe's hotel room. The metaphor is further developed as both father and son are compared to the rabbit. McGahern states that they were all running. The uncle's mordant or sharp and critical voice is in the son's head already. He can envisage, he can imagine the conversation that they will have when discussing the events that have taken place in Nocknery. I mean, the scintillating conversation would, however, revolve around the father and his exploits. Is this McGahern implying that although the son and uncle view themselves as superior, the father's life is more of a topic of conversation and gossip than their own? Well, McGahern concludes the story by repeating a paragraph from the first page. Why do you think that is? Could it be that the father is now the next rabbit? That death is bearing down on him? Or is it a more general and timely reminder that we are in fact all running and that there's no escape from the inevitable, whether we fear it or not? listening to this podcast and I hope you've found it useful. If you have any questions, please contact me through the usual channels and I'll speak to you soon. Mm-hmm.